And again, good morning. Our lesson for today, as you can already tell, is based on a song. And I like to do these kind of lessons uh, because I like to sing, partly. But this is one of the songs that is, is one of my favorites. And I wish we had more young people to, to really speak to, maybe, but uh, this is a very needed lesson, especially in our series on the home. As we look at the song that we just sang, How Shall the Young Secure Their Hearts? We ask that question, and we might look at that song to find the answer. And whenever we look at the words of this song in particular, what does it mean? This song suggests that they secure themselves in God's Word. But how is this accomplished? How are our young people, how are our children going to secure themselves in God's Word? And that's what this lesson is about. Great responsibility falls on parents to give their children a proper upbringing. Parents are to guide children in the ways of God so that they continue in them through adulthood. Those who do not have God's Word instilled in them as children will more than likely never become faithful Christians later in life. One of the things that we understand, we have a lot of people that, that do become Christians and remain faithful. We have a lot that become Christians and maybe go astray at some point, but maybe they come back. But it is much more difficult to bring someone to Christ as an adult who's never heard of God before. Now, not to say that that never happens. It just doesn't happen as often, at least as far as I understand. But if we want our children to be Christians, it's part partly our job as parents to teach them what they need to know. Now responsibility also falls on children to follow in the ways of parents' teachings. Whenever we look at, at someone who has become an adult and maybe they've not remained faithful for one reason or another, uh, whenever we look at someone who is lost in the world. It's often our prerogative, it's often our feeling that, well, parents have failed in some way. Have you ever seen, oh, there it goes. Have you ever seen a child that's just going haywire, not listening to parents at all, not doing anything that the parent wants them to do, and say, look at what that parent has done. They've allowed their child to go in that direction. They've allowed their child to have that power over them. It's not always parents' fault. Especially as we look at adults, we see that sometimes parents aren't to blame for what their child has done, what decision their child has made. This lesson will explore the duties of parents and children to each other in securing the hearts of our young. I understand that most all of us have children. 
And most all of us, our children are adults. I understand that. But as we look at this lesson, we're going to look at the standpoint from adults and not just looking at adults that have young children, but adults that have older children. There are ways that we can secure our children in God and encourage them. And each of us is a child of someone. And some of us still have parents that are living. And so this lesson will speak to how we deal with our parents as children. But hopefully it will be a lesson that we can, can learn from and one that we can gain a, a great understanding from God's Word. Let me first speak to parents. Parents of children. Whether the children are younger or older doesn't matter. Parents of children. What can you do to secure them in God's Word today? Parents, be sure that your children know how much you love them. It's very important that children know how much they are loved and cared for by their parents. I'm going to give you an illustration from my own life. It's not something I remember specifically, but something that my dad told me uh, not too long ago. There was a time when my sister and I were very young, and I remember one of my childhood memories is going to North Carolina. We would go there for Christmas usually. Sometimes it would weather would hinder us, and we'd have to push Christmas back into January or February. But we would always go for Christmas to visit my dad's parents in North Carolina. And there's one particular occasion that my dad told me of where we were about to leave. We were about to head back to Tennessee. And he said that, that me and, and my sister, we were, I think, standing in the doorway of the van. And he said, we, we, we kept saying over and over again, we love you, Peepaw, we love you, Peepaw. And that wasn't something that my Peepaw said. Now, as children, we didn't really know that. But I know my dad told me that, you know, even throughout his childhood, he didn't remember a time where his dad ever told him that he loved him. And we kept saying that over and over and over and over and over again until finally, just as we were about to leave, he finally said, I love you. I don't know that he said it loudly, but he, he said it loud enough that my dad heard it. But it wasn't something that my dad heard often. Not, not from his father anyway. Now there are other ways that, that we show people that we love them. But one of the best ways is to tell them that we love them. And I know my dad made a great effort in his life to make sure that he told us on many occasions that he loved us. And still does. I remember one of the best things that... And, he was never really good in my childhood about saying that he was proud of me. But I remember whenever I first started preaching, whenever I first started working with the Curley congregation and my parents started coming there because I was preaching, I remember how great of an encouragement that was. But I remember a conversation that I had with my dad not too long after I started. And we'd had conversations about me preaching before. And he always worried that it would never 
provide the financial stability that, that he thought I needed. And that was one of the things that we had a difficulty in understanding. But when he heard me preaching, shortly after he said, you know, son, I haven't told you, but I'm really proud of, of what you've done. I'm really proud of who you've become. I remember those words. And even today, he still tells me on occasion, I remember that first time. It wasn't until adulthood. But I remember the first time that he told me that he was really proud of me and how much that meant to me. Words have a great impact on our lives. Parents, be sure that your children know that you love them. Not just in the things that you do, but in the words that you say. Be sure that they learn love from you. You know, when we look at love in Scripture, we see that love is the greatest command that is ever given in Scripture. Turn with me to Mark 12. When we look at verses 28 through 31. Mark 12, verse 28. Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. The greatest gift that is ever given to us is love. 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 13. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Love is the greatest advice for parents. Love your children. Let them know how much you love them. We should teach them while they are young love for God and neighbor. We need to set a good example of love we need to show them love in how we treat them. We need to show them love in how we treat other people. And even as spouses, how we treat each other, has a, that has a great impact on children. But we need to teach them love. Not just by word, but by example. Children, especially young ones, often seek the attention and approval of their parents. Though there are times and occasions where this may be inconvenient, make time for them. Even as adults, make time for them. Make time to show them how much you care. Remember that your children are a precious gift from God. They are. Psalm 127, verses 3 through 5. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. 
Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. It doesn't matter how many children you have, but treasure them. See how precious they are. Proverbs addresses the joys of grandchildren. And one of the things that I've noticed in, one of, in Brother Joe's prayers is that he thanks God for our grandchildren. Grandchildren are a precious gift as well. Proverbs 17 and verse 6, Children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children is their father. One of the things that I've commonly heard from grandparents is that if they knew how great and precious grandchildren were, they would have skipped their children to go to the grandchildren, if they could. Grandchildren are a precious gift from God as well. But remembering that your children are gifts from God may be difficult, especially for young parents. When the children are whining or crying or not listening or following instructions. I'll admit as a preschool teacher, I, I've had my, my patience tried on several occasions by these kinds of things. When they have to be transported here, there, and everywhere. But I know parents whose children are grown treasure these moments a whole lot more than they did maybe when they were young. Children are to be trained and disciplined. Proverbs 22 and verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 13 and verse 24, He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. Paul addresses fathers when he speaks in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. <coughs> and even as parents of grown children, teach your children how to teach their children. Encourage them in the ways of God. Even if they are not Christians, encourage them by your example and by your speech. Parents have a great responsibility in raising their children in the ways of God. But again, the responsibility is not completely on parents, is it? Some of that responsibility goes to us as children. We're all children of someone. And for those of us that, that have parents that are still living, we still have duties to them. But as children, we all have duties to parents. Honor and obey your parents. Something that we're taught from our childhood. Going back to Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12 in the Old Testament, we see that honoring our parents 
is taught even from the old law. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Have you ever heard your parents say, I brought you into this world and I can take you out of it. I wonder if honoring our father and mother is the reason that our lives are longer. Maybe because if we've honored them, maybe they're less likely to take us out of this world. Don't know. Just a theory. But we're taught to honor our father and our mother as children. Ephesians 6 verses 1 through 3 says, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. Children are to obey their parents. Parents teach them obedience to some degree. But children have a responsibility to be obedient as long as parents' ways are the ways of God. Honor and respect for parents continues even after leaving the home. This is something that is often neglected by adults. You know, the Pharisees were criticized for the tradition of supposedly dedicating belongings and property to God. Matthew chapter 15, beginning with verse 3 and reading through verse 6. Matthew 15, verse 3. He answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift, of, a gift to God. Then he need not honor his father or mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. Where the Pharisees taught, well, if you have this property, this or that, and you say it's a gift to God, then, then you're free from honoring your parents. No, that's not the case. We understand from Scripture that widows are to be cared for by family first. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 5. And read verses 3 through 8. And what does it say here? 1 Timothy 5 and verse 3. Honor widows who are really widows. But if any widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show piety at home and to repay their parents. For this is good and acceptable before God. Now she who is really a widow and left alone trusts in God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day. But she who lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. And these things command that they may be blameless. But if anyone does not provide 
for his own. But if anyone does not provide for his own, especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. What we are taught in Scripture, that the church shouldn't be burdened with these things if they have families still around. If they have children and grandchildren, they have a duty to care for them. But how many times have we cared for widows or even widowers whose family have left them alone basically to care for themselves? Parents make many sacrifices for their children. And children owe it to their parents to care for them in their later years. Parents want nothing more for their children than that they have a good life. Most parents, that's all they desire of their children is that they have a good life. A good life while they're in the home. A, a good life after leaving their home. In their education, their jobs, and their livelihood. In their relationships with their spouses and children, they only want what is best for their children. Christian parents desire that their children remain faithful to God and to the church. What a great blessing it is to see when you have maybe an elder of the church who has children and his sons become elders and deacons and preachers in the church. And that line continues from generation to generation because those children are raised in a Christian home. to become good leaders and teachers in the church. That's the desire of parents for their children. To become leaders and teachers in the, their homes and to their own children so that their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren come up knowing who God is and knowing how to serve Him. And children owe it to their parents to make the very best of their time on earth. Now we come back to our question. How shall the young secure their hearts? Through faithful and godly leadership and encouragement from their parents and grandparents and great-grandparents and so on. The young shall secure their hearts through faithfulness to God in present life. Parents have a duty to their children to teach them. And, and even as teachers uh, within this congregation, we have a duty to guide the children that are with us. We have a duty to teach them as well 
to encourage their parents. If the young of today secure themselves in Christ, the young of tomorrow can, can, can secure themselves in Him as well. But we today have a great impact on the next generation. Parents have an impact on their children. Those children later become parents and have an impact on their children. What kind of an impact are your children going to have on your grandchildren, and on your great-grandchildren, and so on? How shall the young secure their hearts? They must be taught the Word of God. They learn the Word of God from us as adults. They learn by our own example. What kind of an example are we leaving behind? There's a song, we don't sing it because it's not in our songbook. But it's one that I was raised with. After I leave for worlds unknown, over the borderline, will I be missed by those I love? What will I leave behind? What will I leave behind? Are you leaving behind a good example? For the children that are in our lives today, are you leaving behind a good example of a Christian? Have you become a Christian? Have you been obedient to the gospel plan of salvation? Faith, repentance, confession, baptism for the remission of sin. If you've not become a Christian, then we give you the opportunity to respond to the invitation. What about faithfulness? Are you setting a good example in faithfulness if you become a Christian? Are you what God wants you to be? I'll admit from my own life, I know that I'm not completely what God wants me to be. I, I've learned even in recent weeks how much I have yet to learn. But even so, we continue in faithfulness, knowing that we are perfected in the blood of Christ. We are seen as righteous through Christ. One who gave his life for us and for our sins. But if you're not a Christian or if you're not a faithful Christian, and as we always do, we offer the invitation. If you're in need of responding, we ask that you do so. As together we stand and as we sing. <coughs>